What is your favorite sci-fi alien creature? Like from a creature feature. Mm, yeah. It would most likely be The Thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. It's absolutely um, terrifying. It is. Well displayed in the film. Although, does that one count if a lot of it is just like body horror? Well, like, I mean, we do see it, you know, take a different, take a person and, and then mold it into itself, especially with the dog. And, and we see how it works mm-hmm. and, and what, it, what it turns these people's bodies into. Which yeah, is also I guess, what the horrifying about, part. Yes, fine. I, I think that is horrifying for sure. Well, I meant like, I guess I mean like, it's the singular, it's not morphing. Right, it's always the same look in each film or throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know because uh, I feel like that the 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 thing might be cheating because I feel like it is mostly body horror. Well, an excellent answer. I just don't think you reject not. my answer. Uh, gee, I don't know. I'd have to think about it then. Do you have one off the top of your head? I mean, for me, usually it might be the xenomorph from the Alien franchise. It is, yeah, yeah. I think I, that one has such a, a beautiful design. Followed up by the Predator, because I think the Predator has such a distinct face. The mandibles on it are just so weird. And the dreadlocks. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to be basic and just say alien from aliens, but it's, it's it good, is truly it's a, horrifying it's a solid design. design yeah, know, no, so. it is. Yeah, especially the mouth within the mouth and the acid mm-hmm. breath and mm-hmm. and being born within. It could be potentially be born within your body. Uh, terrifying. Yeah. And... and uh, yeah, I mean, we're excited to actually be talking about such terrifying creatures today, particularly the Predator from the Predator franchise. And we're excited to be back from an August off. Yeah. So let's just get right into it. I am Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Something about the way you said that. It's like, are you are you over the intro? We've been doing it for four years. No, I was. Did it sound like I was? <laughs> uh, just a little bit, but I think it might might have just been just, like it might, nothing. Yeah, it must. Because <laughs> we're nearing our four years, and it's so funny because every time I do book club, I always do like until next time, stay unoriginal. Do you? it's just become like my go to now. So right. it's ingrained in my life. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so we're, this isn't our four-year episode kind of anniversary. That's going to be in a couple weeks. Is it four years? Are we going to hit our third-year anniversary? I thought uh, we. This would be the fourth we'll be year starting. The fourth it. year, but yeah, yeah, okay, we'll start our fourth year, but we're not. We won't hit the four-year for another year. Yeah, the full okay. Fourth year, yeah, because so. 2018, you know, that was four years ago. So that's why my mentality is like that. But yeah, I, okay, technically our third-year anniversary. Is that real? 20? No. Did we start 2018? We started in 2018. Oh, God. Okay. So when wow. this is the fourth year then. Yeah, no. Mathematically speaking, that would, this would be the fourth. Are you sure it would be we started our fifth anniv- I am positive we started in 2018. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just shocked. Why isn't there a Wikipedia page about us yet? I know, right? Like, can somebody start that? I don't think yeah, we can. I don't think we're allowed to. It has to be yeah. somebody. Yeah. Like, 
getting yeah. info on us. I will just contact me and I'll give you all my info. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're back. How was your August? Uh, it was it was all right. No, nothing. No, lots of work, basically. Uh, I took on new mm. clients and stuff, so I've just been hustling and bustling. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah. August wasn't necessarily a bad work month for me, but it was definitely a gross one in the sense of this heat and it really affecting actually my body. Um, mm. I did get uh, asthma, uh, exercise-induced asthma earlier this year, and it has kind of lingered in my body and whatnot, and the after the ripple effects of it. So, stuff yeah. like that. But um, uh, in lighter news, <laughs> uh, Eddie actually is not with us today, which is nah, a shame. No, Eddie Z. Because I really thought that this would be up his alley. You know, he really loves science fiction. He loves fantasy. So he was against it because he just didn't <gasps> think prey was going to be a good film and Ooh. i'll let you know what he think well at least what we talked about after we saw it yeah uh, uh i am yeah can't wait to get to that obviously this was one that was like does this qualify or does it not because it's it's not a remake it's not a reboot but it is a revival and yet the predator franchise hasn't necessarily been gone for that long it's but- constantly i feel like they're always trying to inject it with a new with yeah. new life, but it's never been, it hasn't been successful. E, okay, so they keep reviving it, especially in like the last, let's say, 12 years. There have been multiple attempts of them, like either continuing or restarting the franchise. And we're not counting Alien versus Predator, because that's technically no. its own separate franchise. Yes, it is. With two films only, though, right? It's two films, a whole streak of uh, comic books, video games. Uh, yeah. I, I actually am a big fan of the video game franchise. I used to play the shit out of it. It was oh, one of my really? favorite games. Yeah, I think the the storytelling for the second one particularly is, I think, top-notch hmm. uh, for the game. And, you know, you get to play. And then the best part is, like, if you play with other friends, you guys can all fight each other. One as an alien, one as a marine, one as a uh, predator. Oh, okay. I was going to say, do you, or can you play mm-hmm. as Alien or Predator? You so can that's play really as, cool. as, all, as any one of them. Yeah. And they all have like different skills as a result. Well, but I guess the interesting part about this is that it doesn't technically qualify as revival. It just barely does it. But I think it really does take the, the franchise in a, in a new kind of direction and kind of does look at it with fresh blood, no pun intended. So it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I just, I thought it would be also like, it's been kind of like a boring August in terms of like new media. So uh, yeah, I think that's true. I think everything yeah. I've been watching and I haven't really been watching a lot in August. Uh, the only thing I have seen that I could recommend to people, not related to the podcast, but it's the rehearsal on HBO Max. This show, absolutely weird. Is it a comedy? Is it reality? I don't know. And I don't think the creators know, but it, this show is it's so meta. It's so right. weird. It's so absurd. I I recommended it to my barber, and he, when last I saw him for my haircut, he was just like, oh my god, I have... No idea what I was watching, but I was just enthralled. And that's the only way to describe this show. I've never so, heard of this show, so you know what? Take a chance. It's so it's so bizarre. Uh yeah. No, the rehearsal never heard of it, but I will check it out. Uh so what was your first introduction to the Predator franchise? Was it Alien the, vs. Predator? No, no, it was a Predator film. They used to play it a lot, I think, on on ba- on basic television, if I remember correctly. And you're talking about the Schwarzenegger one? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was my first Predator movie, too. When I was, like, in my early 20s and I really started appreciating action movies for just being, Damn, like... early 20s. Okay. Yeah. I didn't grow up watching Predator. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't really grow up watching Schwarzenegger movies, either. Okay. So... I mean, that's... You know... I know Schwarzenegger gets a lot of love, but he, I think his movies are just fine. Well, because we grew up in the 90s and he was big then. He know? was. So, he was huge, yeah. It's like kind of surprising that it took me way into like the early like t- like 2010s for me to discover him. But that's oh, how damn, long it took. 2010s, wow. Or not like discover him, but really like see what he's about as an mm-hmm. actor. Uh, and I remember watching Predator for the first time. And that was also when I saw like Rambo and stuff mm. for the first time. I also saw Commando for the first time. And it's interesting because in Schwarzenegger's career, this is the first time he starts getting to play like human beings in like the present day. He's either playing a barbarian from the past or right. a robot from the future. So now, but now he's playing like, I mean, relatable is in quotation marks when, you know, because he's <laughs> playing like special ops guys who yeah. either live in the woods or work in the woods. But uh, it's actually pretty. I think it's a really good example of why Schwarzenegger movies are actually good. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has a reputation for not making good movies. But Predator is one of the good ones. Predator is a very good one, yeah. I yeah. think it's a thoroughly enjoyable film. I think so, too. And it's directed by John McTiernan, who I thought had a really strong run as a filmmaker for three films in a row. He made Predator in 1987, which I believe is his first film. Uh, 1988, he made Die Hard. Wow, okay. And 1990, he made The Hunt for Red October. I Which is also that one. It's a good movie. It's a submarine it? movie. Yeah, I that's that's why I have it. not any interest in it. Uh, he went on to make really good action movies for the rest of his career, and he only made like twelve movies. He also made Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I that's a that's a good film. I actually yeah. enjoy that one. And he made Die Hard with a Vengeance, the third, not the second Die Hard, the third Die Hard. Um, so there's actually like a lot of fun backstory to this film, but the first thing I want to talk about is that it came out in 1987, which is quite a year for movies actually. Mm -hmm. And that's the year you were born. It is a year I was born. Yeah. Do you, can you guess? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can't, but can you take a guess as to what the highest grossing movie of 1987 was? Dick Tracy. That came out in 1990. So no. Oh, did it? Oh, I thought it was, (laughs) uh, I could give you a list of the, no, maybe I could guess. Aliens. Oh, you were so close because that came out a year before uh, in 1986. Damn. Then I don't know. So 1987 is like a really interesting year for movies because I think some of the most pivotal movies that exemplify the 80s came out that year. Mm-hmm. And it, none of those movies got to be number one in the box office. No. But, <laughs> uh, like Wall Street came out that year. It didn't even come in the top 10. The Greed is Good Wall Street movie. Uh-huh. Uh, number two in the box office, Fatal Attraction. Oh, Fatal, okay. Huge, huge hit and a huge kind of like, this is what the 80s were all about mentality movie. Uh, The Untouchables came out. Moonstruck came out. RoboCop came out. Predator Mm, came out. Okay. Uh, Raising Arizona and Evil Dead 2, which were really two creatively like different movies from what Hollywood was producing at that time. Both came out in 1987. Okay. And yet, Lethal Weapon also came out in 1987. And yet, number one... In the box office, the highest grossing movie was Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. <laughs> it's a family film. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... A wider audience. It's just like, you know, it's so funny because you can't always look at the highest grossing films to really say what's like pushing the medium forward. And oh, Three no, Men yeah. and a Baby I mean, is perfectly fine. But like, seriously, that's the biggest movie in 1987. It's just... I've actually never seen it. I've seen Three Men and a Little Lady. 
I used to sequel. watch that one a lot as a kid. Yeah, yeah, because they used to give it a lot all the time on TV. They did, yeah, yeah. And we were both watching that channel then. There we go. Um, so, funny enough, that's the backstory of that. Predator uh, was not in the top 10. And okay. it's so funny because it has a whole franchise and yet it wasn't even in the top 10 of that year. Uh, so Predator was actually conceived to be a film vehicle that could star not only Arnold Schwarzenegger, but Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, who was he supposed to play? He was supposed to be the Predator. Oh, wait, really? So they were going to yeah. have like a human human? Uh, yeah, he was not going to be like fully this weird monster thing. They were going to uh-huh. like it was going to be a platform for like these two big action movies. And this was before, I think, in 1988 is when he did like Bloodsport. So this is before he became huge as a his own action movie star in his own right. But uh, they were like, oh, this would be really fun if we could get like these two muscle guys. But then you know the addition of Carl Weathers and the addition of that uh, what's that wrestler guy Jesse Ventura to the cast, they were like. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme as the villain, as the main threat that these guys mm-hmm. are all up against is not very physically imposing. I mean, so they I guess it depends him. on who you ask, but yeah, well, I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme is also a very attractive man. Yeah, he is, I guess. I never, he has a great body, I guess, but I never. Great, but his has very soft, delicate features, like mm-hmm. facial features. So as, you know, just like this man devouring creature he would not have been believable so they well, uh, i mean wouldn't you change the concept though if it's because he wasn't going to be if you're casting john was john claude van that was john claude van damme already like a name at this point no i think i think like in 1988 1989 is when he starts to like burst out okay. of the scene okay so would he have been in costume though or would he have just been like like was uh, this always was this always going to be a creature feature i guess is my question yeah, I think they wanted it to be more of like a martial arts film, which is uh, why they okay. were going to have him in it. Uh-huh. But um, but they he would also be a creature. But because he was like too short or something, I think they also just wanted it to be one. He needed to be larger. Mm-hmm. And then they did develop uh, the creature more. The creature was like going to originally um, have more like a long neck, not like a giraffe neck, but like mm-hmm. he was just going to look totally bizarre and apparently james cameron takes credit for suggesting the mandibles because he fucking would um (laughs) but but i definitely think that the 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 artist that came up with it his name is richard edland Um, right it's not rick baker who i had thought had done it for the longest time yeah, well, because he's so synonymous with you know with the eighties creature. and yeah, creatures, yeah. 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 But, he did yeah. put it. He had put in a bid though, but he just did it. They just didn't pick his. Uh, I I don't know if that means that they didn't take his price. Oh, interesting. You know I mean? Well, I know he developed it. I think I think it was a different artist who uh, who actually did the the design of the creature, but Richard Edlin just kind of developed it and did all the special effects. And I think it was the, that guy. Who was on the plane with James Cameron? James Cameron was like, "I want to see a monster with mandibles, man." Right, so, right, right. I mean, uh, anyway, know, yeah, awesome. I mean, great design. <laughs> if if uh, James Cameron really came up with <laughs> with it, uh, I mean, you know, James Cameron is kind of he's kind of a pop culture genius, so maybe mm-hmm. he did actually do it. Yeah. Uh, just a couple other things. Um, this movie was a task to film. Obviously, it was John McTunan's first film, so you know people were keeping an eye on him and making sure that, you know, the, the pressure of this job didn't kind of like overcome him. Mm-hmm. And all these massive men with their massive egos were getting up early and going to the gym so that they can like each look, look better shredded. than the other. You know, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and so just kind of like overexerting themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, Shane Black, who's actually a writer, he wrote the Lethal Weapon films, and then he's also got on to be a director. Actually, he directed the very last Predator film before Prey. Yeah. Um, he was kind of like hired to be one of the special ops guys just so yeah. he could like was he like he was like the on handsome people. one I think right with the glasses he was with yes, glasses he was like yeah. like the nerdy handsome the nerdy yeah like yeah. less imposing than like Carl Weathers and uh, 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 you know Schwarzenegger Dutch mm-hmm. 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 yep uh, and it, I mean that's pretty I mean there's like other stories about it but for the most part that's that's it. Mm. Uh, this movie was a pretty big success, but I don't think at the time they knew it was going to continue to be the success that it became. I think like for a 15 to 18 million budget, according to Wikipedia, it got, wow, it got 98 million in box for, office. Yeah. That's very good. I, you um, know, I mean, think about the elements you have in this movie. You had big muscular, it was hyper masculine. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got stuff blowing up a monster that's like invisible most of the time yeah you know yeah uh, well the monster itself is definitely uh i think one of the just the best things about this obviously right. and uh i guess it's a good time for us to talk about how these films are structured and i i think we should focus very much on predator and then prey we could talk a little bit about the films in between mm-hmm. but you know i think the big one oh, is the first one i've only seen predator i never saw predator 2 or okay the, all right the predators or the Predator. So then that's perfect. <laughs> we were willing <laughs> like, yeah. to focus on that. I've seen, it's so funny. I've seen the Alien versus Predators franchise, but I heard the second one was so terrible. It's just not worth it. I mean, it. And it depends. First of all, you should always make up your own mind, but like to, you know, it depends on your appreciation of the kitsch and, and, and I guess, uh, I mean, I don't, the outlandish. Like I, I, so I like Predator, the film, but like I, I don't know, like I just never gravitated towards predator movies per se, right? Like same, and, same. But I, but the video games and even the comics, those I pick absorbed, right? But I never necessarily needed to see it in film, so that's why I just never like grab. I just never cared to see the sequel, uh, the Predators, right? Which is one where like I think I seen bits and pieces of it when it was like on TV, uh, but I didn't care for. It. I don't know. I just never hmm. was interested in like predator movies. And then I mean, Aliens vs. Predators was another one. Once I once those started coming out, I was just like, "Ew, they <laughs> mucked up my game so bad." Yeah, well, even when those movies came out, I was not really interested too. And I'm I'm kind of on the same page with you here. But um, the idea of like taking Predator and putting him in the streets of LA nineties <laughs> yeah. is just like so up my alley. Well, you know, Predator has fought Batman in comics, right? That's fun. Uh, yeah, like he so Batman was one of the uh his trophies. He or was he was trying to make him one of the trophies and stuff. So Batman had to like go fight a predator in Gotham. Wow. Yeah. Now that's a movie I would see in that a That is yeah, and like <laughs> these two properties came out this year, I think they can make it happen. Well no, they cannot because <laughs> Disney very much owns the Predator franchise now. Yeah, so which is so weird. Maybe yeah. we'll get a predator in the Marvel universe or something. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe Marvel will take that good idea because Disney and uh, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers can't come to an agreement. So, yeah. film structure. These films usually begin, well, this first film at least certainly begins, with an alien spacecraft that gets deployed to Earth. So we already know that this is a creature from outside of our mm-hmm. earthly boundaries, which, you know, is already like next level. 
And we we kind of get that also in the new one. Like very early on, we we we're, yeah. we're very very much aware that it's something from the sky at the very least. Oh yeah, the structure for both films is very similar in that sense. They don't hide the fact that there there is an otherness yes. that's going to be yes. fighting this. These are man versus beast movies, or are these man versus nature? I guess they're man versus beast movies, right? I like to put this in the subgenre of you know the intruder film. Oh, so okay, fine. It's usually like it. And I think it's also like in an isolated close circle thing. So in the thing, they're like isolated in Antarctica or on Jaws or on a mm-hmm. boat or an alien. They're in a spacecraft. These guys are in the middle of like the jungle, mm-hmm. you know, and then like an intruder comes in and starts killing them off one by one. And that's like a subgenre within itself. And Which is it's a really strong for, one. Yeah, because in Predator, they're the intruders also, though. Yes, that's you know they're that's kind of like the subversive part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty much, you know, we see that a spacecraft spacecraft is like shuttled to Earth, but then we tune into Earth and what's going on there, and we meet Major Alan Schaefer, also known as Dutch, played by Schwarzenegger, and mm-hmm. he's got a military rescue team, and they have been deployed uh, by the Carl Weathers character Dylan. Mm-hmm. To pretty much go and like rescue a cabinet. A, yeah, they're, minister, they're told minister. it's a rescue mission. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. much told that in the middle of uh, I think the Caribbean jungle or the Mexican jungle. It's, they don't uh, really make it clear. It's Central American. Central American. In. It's called Val Verde. <laughs> Uh, they were always a, making up places. Yeah, in the it 80s. was a made up place because he didn't want to offend anyone from Central or South America, those banana yeah. republics at the time. Yep. Same thing uh, in Commando, the other Schwarzenegger yeah. movie in the 80s. So funny. Uh, yeah, they don't want to offend anyone, and yet the depictions are not good. Oh, no. In fact, no It's like not one country has to take offense, just everyone can take offense. Just, yeah, just the entire region <laughs> be offended. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, so these guys, they're Green Berets, and they're doing their mes- uh, rescue mission. They go in, and they do what they're supposed to do. And then they kind of, like, realize that they've been, like, double-crossed, or at least Dutch was lied to by Dylan, and there yeah, so, seems to be, like... Yeah, so it turns out that they were under the impression that they were the first team going out there for this rescue mission, but it turns out they were not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I forgot, I mean... I mean, keep in mind, the first act is very plot heavy, like a lot of exposition about what the hell's going on. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because it's also like all this shit is not going to matter within a half right. hour. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so it's I actually like that about the movie where they're like, they all care so much. And it's like, oh, my gosh, so plot driven. And then when they start getting killed, they're like, oh, shit, none of that matters. Now we're all on the same team and we got to get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. Um, so, like, to me, that almost like doesn't matter. You could technically qualify it as a MacGuffin because, again, like. That's all before they realize, oh, another fucking, an alien is pretty mm-hmm. much hunting us down. And it's great because we never see the predator. We don't see him fully, I think, for like until an hour in. Uh, we see his vision. Billy, we see his vision. But didn't Billy see like a glimpse of him? Or did he just, I don't remember yeah. if he saw like the, like, well, you know you how s- like it was invisible and like you see like a cloaking. Mm-hmm. You, uh-huh. you slowly get like uh, bits and pieces of what he's. Uh, about so you see uh-huh. his like his vision and that he has like technology infrared x-ray whatever i mean we can't really define it by our human standards but it's like he can pretty much see the it's like, like uh, the blood thermal vision whatever um he can become invisible cloak he can cloak himself right. uh he has 
all these gadgets that I, I are not inherent to his body, but he's like got these advanced gadgets that he utilizes to to trap these guys. Right. I mean, he they're can, capable cl- of outer space flights. So yeah, clearly, clearly they're, they're advanced. advanced. He could climb trees and like stay in there. Um, and he makes these weird noises like these. The clicking and like the- these clicking sounds. And yeah. I just want to say that the fact that this team did not get nominated for sound design at the Academy Awards that year is, is a travesty because the sound design is what makes this movie. Mm-hmm. All of those noises and like going back and forth between the predator and these guys and what they're like them go like tuning into what's surrounding them right. I is think, so impactful. I think I know why. I think the final act is probably where the sound design gets a little, I feel like they were phony. <laughs> The really? punches, I think the the fight sequence was kind of the corniest part of this whole film. And includes <laughs> that includes sound design and visuals. Well, I mean, yeah, we knew a Schwarzenegger movie would end that way. But um yeah, so it, it it takes you a while. I think it's only until it's down to Schwarzenegger when we when the predator takes off his mask. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, that's when you see, see it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. when we finally see like the full body reveal too. Like the mm-hmm. full full body. And slowly, while he's killing these people off one by one, we're learning about him. Not that they are, but we learn that he's pretty much here for hunt. He likes to hunt people, and I think also animals, but mainly people because that's like the big one. And he mm-hmm. likes to kind of strip off their skin and everything and, and burn off everything so that he has their skulls and then he keeps it as a collection. Mm-hmm. And whether or not it is uh, something that he is required to do or he enjoys for sport is never really made clear. At least in this but, movie, I think yeah, in this it's movie, like it's more not made clear. Of, it's more explored in other medium. Yeah. Um but, yeah. and and so pretty much, yeah, like he's there. It's like he's on a mission essentially. And the to kill these people and collect their skulls is his mission. Yeah, uh, I mean, they don't give us much motivation for the predator other than the fact that they're just being hunted and it's you know but these guys got his yeah, yeah, and I think lives. part of that mystery is part of the fun. It is. No, 100%. Now, in retrospect, how do you go from Arnold Schwarzenegger as being the hunted, right, who gives, like, the alien, like, a run for his money, to Donald Glover? <laughs> that, that is a good question. Yeah, movie I, stardom has changed a lot. I'm gonna, it gave us two years later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, oh, you mean in Predator 2? Yeah. Donald, well, he was in Lethal Weapon in 1986. 1987 that was a he, huge movie yeah but he was also like he was like the foil to uh mel gibson's character you know what I mean the well older they were guy, a team the- yeah but i think also um nick nolte's in that it's, no, wait, it's gary Busey that's in that oh, and bummer. that's that's the one that it's like how do you go from schwarzenegger to gary Busey? that i would say <laughs> maybe i will um, check this movie out now they're all on hulu so <laughs> yeah they're very easily accessible um yeah so What's interesting about this movie is that you get the guys, right? And they're like, the first half of the film is kind of like their their bond. Like they're kind of like a family because they obviously do all these rescue missions together. Mm-hmm. Um, and how different they are. Actually, one of my favorite lines in an action movie ever is from this movie when Jesse Ventura is told by one of his uh, comrades that he's bleeding. And Jesse Ventura says, I don't have time to bleed. <laughs> it's just my- so ridiculous. <laughs> Mine was when he was talking about when uh, the guy was saying, like, oh, I ate out a girl whose vagina was so big. I said, why is your vagina so big? Why is your vagina so big? Wait, why'd mm-hmm. you say it twice? It was the echo. Yeah. And then after that, you hear the echo from the predator, right? Like, as he's fucking, uh, fucking with him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I actually, yeah, I remember that part because I watched it with my brother-in-law and he was dying at that joke. I'm like, you would fucking find that funny. It is a, it is a funny joke. <laughs> not a, sure. not a plausible joke. But. So we have uh, Carl Weathers, Al Dillon, the CIA operative. We have uh, Sergeant Mac Elliott, I think, or Elliott or something by Bill Duke. Um, Richard Chavez, or Ch- uh, I can't say his name, Ch- Chavez. Uh, it might be Chavez. Richard Chavez is Pancho. Mm-hmm. Jesse Ventura is uh, Cooper. Sonny Landham is Billy. And Shane Black as Rick. Uh, do we have one more, I think? I think it might be R.G. R. Armstrong as Major General Homer Phillips. I don't know if he's actually part of the special ops. I don't remember all of their names. But yeah. these are the guys. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you don't really have time to get familiar with too many of them. Like I th- Jesse Ventura... Spoiler, pretty quick to die. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Shane Black, pretty quick to die. Mm-hmm. I think Billy lasts for a little bit. Oh, I know he was. He's the one who, so he dies when he's chasing the woman, right? The uh, the gorilla fighter, yes, yes. And- uh, I think, yeah, I think also then that means that Mac also, well, Max survives a little bit. I mean, the, the, a lot of so all these deaths are happening in the second act of the film where so after they blow up the gorilla camp right with all the russians for some mm-hmm. reason uh then they go off uh then they're starting to get hunted they capture the predator right when they realize they're being hunted the predator escapes starts killing them off one by one until finally only schwarzenegger and yeah. the, the young the, the lady are the only two that survive and when she's about to i think pull the gun on the predator he stops her and uh he gets shot and he tells her go to the chopper right (laughs) you know (laughs) that was really good schwarzenegger thank you uh so she she runs off and then it becomes like a one-on-one one-on-one match between the predator and schwarzenegger he figures out that the predator is using uh body heat to find them so that's where we get the iconic Arnold Schwarzenegger covered in mud fighting this like creature and stuff. Yes. And, uh, yes. Then the final fight sequence happens at night. Uh, and what I love about the predator, he's very, what's it called? If he loses, he's like, well, all right, well I'm taking everyone with me and self-destructs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's very much kind of like childish in his behavior. Something yeah. that we, we learned in the, the next film we're going to talk about, but the whole mud thing. Do you think that's mm-hmm. a cop out or do you actually think that's smart? Because it's like, okay, these people don't know what mud is and they don't understand the properties of mud to put it in their vision to like make them see people, you know? Oh, like I don't, I mean, first of all, I don't think mud is enough to cover up someone's body heat. I know, right? I, I don't, but in terms of a cop out, I don't know. Like it was, I remember when I saw it as a kid, I'm just like, oh my God, that's so smart. That's so cool. Right, because it fucks with the vision of the uh, when we see the thermal heats. Right, it's just like, oh my god, <gasps> he can't see it. That's so, I don't know. And it created like this interesting lore around the predator, right? Because like, yeah. you got to give monsters a weakness. Yes, exactly. They all Otherwise, need yeah. the kryptonite. Yeah. So, and that, yeah, so I don't so, know if it's cop out, but I well, that's it. the thing. Yeah, like because it's like. <laughs> You, ch- you put your, you know, as a screenwriter too, you got to put like, you know, the pedal to the metal where it's like, what could it possibly be? It's got to be mm-hmm. something simple and that you wouldn't suspect. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a cop out. I actually, I did like that because I was like, oh, it's so stupid. And of course it has to be mud. Um, 
But of course, it doesn't necessarily save Schwarzenegger's ass in the end. Like he still has to do all this stuff and create all these like booby traps. But yeah, um, and the rudimentary booby traps too, no less, right? Yes. And because you know, that's the other thing. Uh, well, which is I think the other interesting thing about the film, right? Because it's about human ingenuity beating out alien tech. Well, doesn't the predator kill himself in this movie? Well, he does, but like he was severely injured by by Schwarzenegger with the giant tree stump. Oh, uh, true. Right? My favorite, like, yeah. He, and then he, the predator he, kills himself. He's <laughs> laughing. He's maniacally laughing, yeah. like really scary. Um, so that's that's that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's. Uh, I mean, it might be in my time. It's it's so weird because you don't necessarily associate Schwarzenegger with Predator like the the franchise is kind of transcended past its Schwarzeneggerness unlike oh, of yeah, course Terminator interesting because I uh, yes unlike Terminator where that's like a Schwarzenegger franchise I don't think when I think of Schwarzenegger Predator is easily one of the top three films though that I do think I do associate with him though oh okay yeah like those are it's it's Terminator Jingle all the way, and then Predator would probably be my next one that I think of him immediately, right? Like, yeah, for me, it's like Terminator franchise, Commando, and then I don't know, maybe True Lies or something. That's a good one, but it's not, it's a good film, but it's not my favorite Schwarzenegger role, mm, right? Yeah, no, it's gotta and, be in Terminator. retrospect. Like, this one isn't either that much, I think. In retrospect, I think it's just, but the alien is so cool in this, in this, mm, mm-hmm. that it's what makes it. It's like you know, it's a, it's a survival film. It is actually scratch that. My three would, my number three would be Batman and Robin, because it's just one, his. So it's so quotable for Schwarzenegger. You um, know how like you know what's funny? Like uh, I saw this meme. Oh, I forgot about. I want to bring that up though. Remind me, but uh, the meme about it's a picture of uh, Uma Thurman and Schwarzenegger in their costumes from mm-hmm. Batman and Robin. And the quote is just like, he wanted to cool the earth and she was regrowing forests and we're supposed to root for the billionaire uh, inheritor. And I think Seriously. that's so funny how like Pamela Isley, who becomes, uh, who is Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy, she has like kind of, I think in the comics, become an anti-hero as a result of like our climate crisis, yeah, like we're we're no longer seeing her as like is she really a bad guy though? Like she's kind of been warning us for like decades. Anyway, Just to continue off this off topic really quick, and then getting back onto Predator, I've noticed that most of the women in the Batman universe have become antiheroes and not full fledged mm-hmm. villains. I mean, you know, I so, think it's yeah, it's the writer realizing thing, yeah. Realizing it's like maybe we did women dirty. Maybe maybe we should correct yeah. that. <laughs> Make Catwoman like pretty much good. Harley Quinn more complicated. Mm-hmm. Where's she Santa anyway? Yeah. Uh, but so I, wanted, after- I forgot. We forgot the other meme. There's a big meme that came out of Predator is the one where uh, Carl Weathers and uh, the yes when they the, the shake hands. Holding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I, anything, that, that was the greatest gift that Predator has given us. Seriously, like the close up on their arms flexing <laughs> when they they join hands. It's. It's ludicrous and it's wonderful. So, mm-hmm. uh, Predator spawned many sequels. In fact, uh, Predator Two came out in 1990, the famous set in uh, the hot summer of 1997. It's in the future, right. um, in Los Angeles with violent gang members and whatnot. Oh, wait, uh, it came out in 1990, but it's set in the future of yep. 19. 19- That's so weird. Why? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I guess maybe <laughs> Predators come every 10 years or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh. 
then we didn't get a Predator movie for a long time because Predator 2 didn't really fare right. well until Alien vs. Predator, which was really huge. I mean, it was huge to the fact where it spawned all these other mediums and then got a sequel. Right. Which was not good. But then they were like, maybe we can bring back the Predator franchise. So they made a movie called Predators in 2010. Now that one has Diego Luna, right? Yeah, and Adrian Brody, I think. Oh, is it both of them or is it one of them? Uh, it's both of them. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I vaguely remember. I do remember Diego no, wait. Luna. No, wait. Then that, he might be in Predators, the Predator, because Adrian Brody's definitely in Predators. Okay, so maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe he's not even in, maybe Diego Luna isn't in it, but I've, uh, that's the one where they're sent off to another planet and it turns out to be the Predator planet, hunting planet. Uh, Topher Grace, that's who I'm thinking of. Topher Grace is in this film. Oh, seriously? That 70s, yes. That 70s show, wow. Topher Grace. Hey. I mean, it's it's been a long time, actually, so I, I don't really remember. As is Danny Trejo and Lawrence Fishburne. I if know. I, it's such a remember, cast. Yeah, it, if I remember correctly, Lawrence Fishburne had been surviving on this planet for a long time, right? Like, Yes, yes. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. such a weird turn for the the franchise to go in that like it just it definitely is my least favorite uh predator movie it's just i don't know and then the predator which came out in 2018 was actually directed by shane black um i don't think he wrote it but it definitely was them trying to kind of like restart the franchise to restart it um mm -hmm. but they did it differently it was like a bunch of soldiers who had uh ptsd mm -hmm. and um they're like tasked with trying to find out the purpose of why predators have come to uh, to Earth to play right. these and I think that one games. Is, and I think that one is more connected to the Alien versus Predator franchise at that point because they're trying to like connect them as like one singular universe type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, they they also um, they create like there's a new genetically enhanced predator. Yeah. So course. and they like they took down other predators, but then there's like a new predator, and it's like mm -hmm. you know gonna destroy the planet and all this. Stuff. It's always big. <laughs> I don't think a I don't think a singular predator can take down the planet, but I don't think no, because he, he always kills himself. He always like fucks up and like, right, right. I think he could make a world of hurt. Yes. <laughs> but I don't think he'll, he's not winning. The, yeah. The grand fight, you know. <laughs> he can only kill so many people before right. he has to self-destruct. Um, but we're not talking about any of those movies because we're only going to focus on the new one. We're going to focus on the prequel, which the is prequel. an interesting yeah. new you know direction that they're taking it and showing you the first Predator that ever came to Earth in the 2022 film Prey. Is that how they're marketing it? Or they didn't explicitly say that in the movie, right? Well, that let's just say that they're not marketing this incredibly well at all. Some they, people oh, didn't even thank know they you. did. I agree with you. I'm, well, I saw the trailer here and there, and mm -hmm. I was just like, I was like, their new Predator movie, when did this come out? Uh, and I was just like, I'm, I'm not watching this. And then you're like, we're going to cover the podcast. I was just like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you would be happy because you didn't have to go to the movie theater, which is one the first they done them dirty thing that they did. Agreed. They should have released this in the theaters. And then I also agree on that one. Yeah. yeah. And and then they did zero fucking um promotions for it. Like not mm -hmm. a lot of people knew what was happening. They released it in August, which is still a shitty month to be released in anything. Mm -hmm. But I will say that Prey actually, I I do believe it broke records for like being watched on Hulu. Like it was the most really? watched debut film for a film in a weekend. Mm, um, okay. So like, I think they, they were like not giving this film enough credit and they obviously didn't believe in it. And yet it, here's everyone saying like, I hey. wonder if it was word of mouth because it premiered at Comic-Con. 
Mm, at San Diego Comic-Con. And then, like, I think it must have been positive buzz. Because I will say this. I didn't really... I didn't hear about the movie. I only just watched this for the podcast, but I had been hearing buzz about the film on like my TikToks and stuff and like people yeah. talking about it's just like, yo, check out this film. It's actually like really good. I think Definitely. shockingly good is what people have been saying. And uh, when you said we had to cover it for the podcast, I was just like, all right, fine. You now, I will say this there are two edits of this film, right? There's the mm-hmm. English version and the Comanche, Comanche, Comanche. Right? I, I, Comanche uh, dub in which they just, you know, they they, they also filmed this in uh, the native language of Comanche. And uh, I you did recommend me watching it in the Comanche. I did not. <laughs> I didn't. But I do regret not doing that. Yes. In retrospect. All right. So uh, before so we get there. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a little disappointed then, but whatever. Um, I had to like focus and it was just if I was going to read from the TV, I was just like it, it, it just would have. Mess my experience up a little, but it was so action driven. All right, whatever. I agree, uh, I, but I also didn't know, and like <laughs> the most okay. of the dialogue happens in the first act of this film. So <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's starting off that way. I really knew about this film because of Letterbox. I have an account on Letterbox, and like it's a film diary app essentially. And so all the film people I knew were watching it and being like, "You got to see this movie." So purely buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have, if you're a film person, you haven't heard the buzz about this. I'm actually kind of surprised one, but two, like, I will say you should check it out. It's actually mm-hmm. really interesting. And it's, if you have Hulu or if you don't get like a trial or get somebody's login just check it out because it's actually a pretty interesting movie. Um, so mm-hmm. Rolando kind of, you know, dropped a couple of things already about the different languages, right? So they don't essentially like, oh, the first part of it on Earth, but you can essentially like say maybe this was the first. Maybe it wasn't the very, very first predator, but I think a lot of people, I've heard, I've read somewhere that it was like the first predator on Earth. Well, I think it'd be smart if they don't say that because then you could, because I would argue this movie now allows a franchise to take a new breath. In which mm. we could now drop the Predator in any time period that we just never thought about. Like, yeah. now, imagine you throw him in, like, feudal Japan. Ooh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. Throw him in the middle of, like, the Inquisition or something. Right. Oh, my God. Imagine. Like, that would be wild. <laughs> like, have a Spanish priest Super wild. Con- uh, yeah. and nun fight a Predator. <laughs> <laughs> and then who are we rooting for? Are we rooting for the Predator? <laughs> This is true. This is true. Yeah. Like really manipulating things there. Uh, So the film takes place in 1719 and it takes place in the Great Plains. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is, you know, this is pretty much uh, the new land. This is not America or United States yet. Wait, did you say 1919? 1719. Okay, 17, yeah. And because of this, the people who were focusing on are what we now know to be the United States of America. So they are a Comanche tribe and our main character is a woman named Naru. Mm-hmm. And she pretty much, you know, she's got this inferiority complex where she wants to be like the great provider for her, uh, for her people. And she's like in the shadow of her brother and nobody believes in her mainly because she's a woman and because she's kind of inexperienced. Oh, actually that's so funny. That was your, t- I, her brother was wholly, the only person who had faith in her, though, because he was very supportive of her. Which he I actually, was, but I she still was in the shadow. Yes, well, of course, he was like uh, he's clearly a great hunter. But and I actually, but I appreciated the fact that he wasn't like a straight up dick to her. Yeah, 
Like yeah. I think that was like kind of refreshing to be quite honest. That like, he was uh he was like really trying to help her be a hunter. I didn't mean to like say he was a dick or anything. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah, think yeah, he I was a good it. brother. Uh, I, mean, I, I completely be, agree. This sets up uh, honestly, if you think about it, if you boil this down, this movie was very much a Disney movie. <laughs> It was like a Disney princess film. Like she's going off to like she's going off to prove herself in a man's world. Then you throw a predator. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that's true. It's very clearly Disney property. Again, Hulu is owned by Disney, guys. So mm-hmm. this is a Disney yeah. movie. Uh yeah. Well, so Naru and her dog. Uh do you remember the name of the dog? Uh Tabi? No, that was a brother, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh what is a dog? Hang on. I can't, I don't all I know is that. The moment that I saw there was Sorry. a dog there. Okay, there you go. I was like, no, this dog is gonna die. And I was so sad. I do not like knowing or at least anticipating that an animal might die. But um That's called giving you tension, on screen tension, because yes. it's a predator movie, right? So we know it's just like we assume his dog's mm-hmm. days are numbered. I know. So immediately it was like, oh shit, you know, and all these innocent people in the tribe that are going to die, like Mm. things you just don't want to see. And so this movie is actually really interesting. I, I, like I said, I watched the Comanche jump dub, but um, they did a lot of the sequences. Actually, they recorded it in English. I Mm. noticed that their, their dialogue wasn't matching most of the time, but Mm. all of these actors do speak that language. So they did the dubs themselves. Yeah, so that I mean that makes sense, right? Like doing the dialogue heavy scenes, you could do those twice, but doing the action sequences, I'm pretty sure it's just like, okay, we could probably film this once or film yeah. it right once to do it again in another language, it might be a little more complicated and stuff. Yeah. I think that I would recommend the Comanche dub if you just want a more authentic feel to it, which is why I watched it because I was like, well, there's no way these people would be speaking English. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's it's like watching There's this famous movie in the sixties called where Eagles dare where these soldiers, these British and American soldiers go into Germany. And the reason that they're like doing this mission is because they can all speak fluent German, but nobody speaks German the whole movie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, like, that's kind of how they did it. So there's a scene there. The other antagonists in this film are Frenchmen. They speak French. And, uh, our, from our point of view, anytime English is spoken, it is Comanche. Yes. So there's yeah. a scene where like we have a white man talking to her in Comanche and he's just like, I can speak your language too. Right. So that's just kind of like the, which and that's what, that was a moment where we're just like, now I regret watching this. In, uh, yes. Yes. In yes. English. There you go. <laughs> well, so essentially, you know, like uh, we, t- we take our time getting to know Nehru and, and her world and mm-hmm. that like, uh, you know, she's trying to like hunt down animals and whatnot with yes. her dog by her side. There's and like this. Uh, there's a ritual that she has to, it's like a, a tribe ritual to like hunt a mm-hmm. big game and uh, she thinks she's ready. So they, I think her her brother and one more, they go off to, oh, they were hunting a mountain lion. Yes, it was a mountain that's lion. That's like the mountain lion that's terrorizing the village and uh, during the hunt things go wrong when, you know, a predator becomes the hunter. Yeah. Again, it's all these things that matter until the predator comes along and then nothing matters. Um, And, and yeah. And like, I think she like, she comes really close. I think at one point to the, the, the big cat and -hmm. almost dies like in like the trees or something. Yeah. uh, Trying to prove herself. But they both get distracted by the predator. Yeah. There you go. Making noises and stuff. 
Uh, there's also this, so the movie actually like has a lot of sequences like this. Um, and like her just like trying to practice her strengths as a hunter. And so in that way, it's like, it's an action movie in nature, you know, like all the action that can occur in nature for a bit. There's like a sequence with a bear, uh, mm -hmm. which right. is actually, even though it's completely CGI, it is, I thought pretty well done. Mm hmm. Um, one of my favorite sequences, actually, I think this is post predator arriving, but, um, She's strapped in quicksand. Yeah, that's uh, that is post. So this is so in terms of plot, basically what happens is after she fails at capturing the mountain lion, she is now convinced that there's something else in these woods. It's not yeah. just a mountain lion. And instead of her mom kind of uses the fact that she failed at the mountain lion to like, you know, be a gatherer. Like with mm -hmm. all the women in the tribe, she decides I'm going to hunt this thing on my own. And she goes off on, off on her own kind of adventure, which again, very Disney like. I felt very Moana vibes, very uh, <laughs> uh, like like Belle vibes, right? Like it's just like I will do this on my own kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Very Disney yeah. princess with my dog, uh, with my dog, with my animal companion. Yep. <laughs> so she she goes off and uh, she's discovering. So there's things. She's figuring out. So, like, a whole swath of, like, buffalo have been, like, maimed and murdered. Mm -hmm. And she puts the assumption that, I, okay, it has to be this one singular creature that I'm hunting. Twist. It's not. It's actually the French, uh, the fur traders. Yeah, yeah. Who have been, like, you know, skinning and gutting animals who they themselves have been hunt hunting this creature who has been, I guess, terrorizing the French men. Yeah, yeah, they've in been this. slaughtering the bison, mm -hmm. and they and they treat her, you know, like a savage, right? Um, and when that gets added into the film, you're like, oh, this is getting historically accurate in the best way possible. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, let's make the white man worse than the yeah, <laughs> you know? because it's also like we've never really seen this before, and it's like, oh yeah, no, that would have happened. Like they mm -hmm. were both inhabiting the space at the same time, and they would both be afraid of each other. But you know, they would have the the upper hand, and they would treat these people this way, right? Um, so I was like, when that happened, I was like, oh, this is this is great because now the predator is going to come in and kill everybody, and you actually want him to kill these people? Oh yeah, no, when he's killing the French folk, uh, like you're. I'm not so condoning it, but I'm just like, it's just like, yeah, you know what? Like, do it. We're, they're the kill invaders. Them. You, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Save the bison, kill the French. Uh, yeah. Sorry to our French <laughs> listeners. Uh, and we, we actually get to see, like, they get to see the predator fully too. Like, I don't really think that in the, in at least the 1987 movie, they didn't really know what they were up against for a long time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, these people are very well aware. And those sequences too of like like when her brother comes and those other two guys come, and uh, and then she's like, no, they like tie her up or something, or they put her away and she can't really like defend herself. Or oh maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, then the predator comes and starts killing them. Yeah, that and wasn't then, her brother who was there. That was uh, the other, other guy, yeah. other dickheads from her tribe. Other dickheads from her tribe. Yeah, <laughs> that's when we actually learn something about the predator. She does. She deduces that. The predator will only attack you if he actually thinks of you as a threat. If you are right. not a threat, he, it's like not worth it. It's right. a game. It's it a is, fucking yes. game. This this film doesn't make it a fact to point out that for the predator, this is a sport. Not mm -hmm. he, there's rules. And I actually to to the character's credit here, like they were hinting that like she hunts differently from the men, right? Where she's clearly very logical. She's very focused. She takes her time. And we see when she's encountering the predator. 
while he's out killing, she's learning. She's figuring out, like, this is what it's after. Like, this is what it's doing. Figuring out its tools, right? Because he, he's advanced. Yes. You know, but she's figuring things out. Like, okay, this is how he uses this and stuff. And I think that all pays off to the final encounter very well, you know? Yes. So, spoiler, guys. We're going to spoil a little bit of the film, but... So, uh, just saying. The way that everything leads to the climax and, like, you learning as much as Nero does at this point. And you, I mean, you kind of have... A familiarity, obviously, but even if you've never seen a Predator film, you can watch this movie. But most mm-hmm. of us have probably seen a Predator before, so we know how he works. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still learning things about him. Like, I don't think I it had really dawned upon me before that I was like, oh, right, you have to really be a threat because at the end of the day, he's a hunter. Mm-hmm. Right. Like this right. needs to be engaging for him. Um, so you're just like wondering how is she going to do it? How is she going to do it? And now I actually did see this movie like a couple of weeks ago so remind me again how does she kill him so she lures the predator first so one of the things we know she as i think one of the females of the tribe my assumption here is that she learns also like the gathering techniques that the women would and as a result she is also a healer right she understands medicine in a way that the men don't Mm, one of the tools that one of the tools in her arsenal are these petals that as she puts it cool the blood yeah and when we remember from predator they are thermal based vision creatures so when she figures out that the 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 predator sees through heat she uses the petals to her advantage she captured one of the the head frenchmen and kind of she lops his his leg off and gives him a weapon, right? He's ready to shoot. The fact that he had the weapon, she knew the predator would come for, would come and attack. Mm. And since she was, uh, her blood was cooled, she was going to, uh, she was going to, you know, as she said, it's just like, you don't realize that you're my, that I'm hunting you. And neither does it. And then, you know, that was when we get the cool action sequence uh, between yes, yes. the predator and her. And she also... Uh, prior to this, like she had uh, had the predator encounter with her brother when her brother dies, but she was able to recover the predator's mask. And she, through, you know, watching, she realizes just like, okay, this predator uses this to like kind of attack. Like it locks, she figured out the lights are kind of like a locking me- mechanism. So what she did was like she kind of created a booby trap where when it's going to activate its weapon, it would, it would attack itself by accident yes yes and that's yes, how yes. she 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 used its own technology against the predator uh which i you know i i mean eddie and i rewatched that scene several times it's just like wow like she because it, it was a cool action sequence it was, i will say this about was. the film uh like you know how one of our biggest complaints for action films is like all the editing and all the cutting this one actually held on the action a lot of times my one complaint is that sometimes the camera was too shaky Mm. and it kind of was distracting but other than that i will respect dan trachtenberg and his direction here for like holding the action no we got to like see these action sequences like in their full breath and stuff and that's most likely why you only film them once it's just you know like one and done you know i will also say that i really appreciated the their use here of cgi creatively or like at least like 
I get why they use CGI. Of course, you're not going to have a bear attack with an actual bear. Mm -hmm. You can CGI that. But for the other stuff, you know, that's why they're able to hold on it because they actually are two people here who are physically interacting with one another. And same thing with like the the creature design, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. you you had a person in costume and you know, you feel it, you see it. You you see it. Yeah, it definitely feels more tangible and all Mm -hmm. that. Um, And so that was just, it was very exciting. But the predator, he just, he comes off as like... he comes off almost like I'm gonna call him a fuck boy, but obviously we don't know anything about his sex life. But in the sense where he's like, the guy who plays a predator is kind of hot. Oh really? You saw him? Uh, yeah. Like if uh, let me see if I can get you. I want to copy the image. Like he plays by his own rules. It's it, like nobody actually knows what like game he's kind of playing, and it doesn't matter. And he like. I mean, I feel like he's a cheater in some way. I wish I could like remember the exact instance that he was a cheater, mm-hmm. but he's just, he's like a little dick and he does everything for his like stupid trophies. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Wow. This guy is very physically uh, imposing. He, well, I don't know how much of that is make. <laughs> well, he's very tall too. He's very tall. So, and you know, that's one of the big factors for the predator. So I don't yeah. know how much padding there is in that, in that outfit, but he looks, he looks attractive. So oh, and he's right. nobody without his mask. He's a, he's a fuck boy. Predator yeah. Confirmed. It's definitely. Yeah. It's confirmed. He's a fuck boy and he needs that mask. Like he, he like is a totally handicapped without it, which is just like, you ain't got shit. Like without that mask, like fight me, you know, Oh right, fist no, yeah, you're right. Like, like, uh, yes, and I think, well, that's part of the original Predator too, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. why he takes off the mask and then he goes one on one with Schwarzenegger. Here in this film, in Prey, he has to go one on one because she has the mask, and yeah. uh, he's forced to. Uh, but you're right. I, I mean, you know, he kind of, he is kind of a. I think he is like a, a little bit of a sore loser, mm-hmm. but that's ultimately his downfall, right? Like. Is she used his weapons against him. Yeah. And stuff. I, yeah, I, I, I'll say this. I thought this was a wonderful film. Like I came out like saying, it's like, Oh, this was great. Like this was a total this was surprise. Like, yeah. It felt like such cl- like very classic Hollywood filmmaking. But oh, like, wow. Yeah. But like in a way that like, but done contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just, I don't think, I don't think, we don't get good. I don't know. Like it was just simple, effective. Films. Yeah. Like yeah. a solid action movie, simple story, well told a really nice and unique, uh, twist mm. on a franchise and like a story we've seen before. And then and, also yeah. like with the nice historical lens in it, that is also mm-hmm. feels accurate, but like also engaging, mm-hmm. um, and genuinely horrifying. And it doesn't feel like a, like a, you know, like, um, a trap for like trying to be PC. Like, no, it feels oh, yeah. authentic. Absolutely not. It, it just felt like just, this felt like it felt like an authentic story. I'm not making the argument that it is, uh, but I think the creators did go through exhaustive lengths to make this as accurate as possible. Casting yeah. alone is, mm-hmm. is, is, you know, is how you do it. And then the fact that you have an edit that is in the native language, I mm-hmm. think it's just like smart. Um, yo, props out to Dan Trachtenberg, the director of this film, who this is his second film, right? His first one being 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I I love like that is such a fantastic film, uh, and I, I I don't know like is this his second film? I'm just like kind of excited. It's a bummer. No, it is that like it just got dropped on Hulu and like not a lot Seriously. of fanfare. Yeah, that is the biggest disservice to it. I mean, when you look at the other movies that are in the theater, it's like, why couldn't this go to the theater? Mm-hmm. You could bring Easter Sunday to the theater or Bullet Train with like that Brad Pitt movie. Like, okay, sure, fine, but like. 
Prey has gotten way more praise and buzz around it than fucking Bullet Train has. Just because Brad know Pitt's that Bullet in Train it. had come out yet. Yeah. See, look at that. <laughs> so, look at it was, was very at, underwhelming. Yeah, I was at a party yesterday. And they're like, "Oh, did you see Bullet Train?" I'm like, "It's Owl." <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where the podcast keeps you up to date. I'm Easter sure. Easter Sunday, but. though. Um, I don't know. That one had more merits as to why why pushing that right like you're telling a very cultural story right uh, but it's a had, comedy had this come out in the theater and you heard the buzz you probably would have wanted to go see it yes, and it would have been agreed. great in the theater and then it's uh-huh. like it gets you ex- like right now i feel like the the excitement about going to the theater has kind of lost its momentum yeah, like yeah. it was back with top gun maverick and other movies that could, top gun maverick is obviously the big one and but you know you, like and we saw nope Nope was great in the theater. Mm. I enjoyed seeing Elvis in the theater. But then, mm. like, a couple of disappointing Marvel movies and just not, like, very good, like, options has made going to the theater kind of, like, not a thing in August. Had this come out, like, it would have been a great August for movies just with this one movie. I don't, Marvel? What did Marvel release in August? Marvel didn't release anything in I'm August. I'm talking about this summer period. But oh. they did the Thor movie, which people were, like, meh on. Oh, I, I liked it, but whatever. I'm mm. an easy person to please. No, you're you know. not. <laughs> um, you're you're a pretty fair critic, though. Like you don't. I'm always, a fair critic, but like yeah. I'm also. But I also know what I'm getting myself into when I'm seeing certain. Like when I went, to, I'm going to a Thor movie. Like I'm not expecting here. This is true. You were the most generous to like so Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic right? World. Like Jurassic, because they delivered what was promised. They That's all I want in a movie. Delivered. And here is a great example of Prey is a perfect example of a movie that is, del- I think they over delivered on what was promised because what was promised to me just from the trailer was just a rehashing of Predator yeah. that I was going to be, I, I felt was going to be, I was going to be bored. However, I think focusing on the gender politics of, uh, of a woman in the past, it somehow became fresh because it yeah. is the antithesis of the hypermasculinity of the original one without without necessarily saying the original one is bad, right? Like, at mm. no point do I get the feeling like this is trying to say, like, no, this is a better version of the original one. No, it's just a new perspective. And because of that, I think this movie felt so fresh by the end of it. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, respect to the original one, but, like, this movie on its own has its own legs. Did it need to be a Predator film? Yes, I actually did yeah, think it needed no, to yeah, be. Yeah, pre- it did. It this, did. this had like this was a this was just a great Predator film. People have been hyping this up as like, oh, it's the best one since Predator, and like one hundred percent truth. I think like, so too. And I like your read on like the antithesis to the original film because if you think about the first two films, the Predator always does a self destruct sequence because these men are mm-hmm. not able to kill him alone. Naru is able to kill this guy. That's true. Yeah. And then she beheads him and brings him to uh, her tribe. Mm-hmm. you know kind of like as her own trophy like he does for all these human beings she does to the predator you know so it's a really nice successful role reversal you're in and out in a half an hour and a half guys this is yeah. a very short movie but if but it's so again it's just a well-paced film it is yeah and, and i think yeah it's just I no was, I, I definitely think so yeah. props also uh the dog does not die <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the brother I know, right? dies, but the dog doesn't, so that's good. The brother uh, dying was the only thing that I saw coming a million miles away. He, he had to die. He all had his to. lost moment, yeah. but yeah. he did die in a. I thought he died in a fantastic way. Like I thought he went down like swinging, right? Because and that scene was great because it really shows you, like, yeah, he is clearly the great huntsman, right? So we got to see him in action, like everything yeah. that was promised to us, right? Because up until that point, we'd only heard, we hadn't seen it, right? Because even when he took down the mountain lion. He, we never saw that, right? Because she was unconscious. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. we got to see him actually 
he probably could have taken down the Predator. But again, having her do it, I think it was just such a wonderful film. I also shout out to the actress Amber Mid Thunder. She was just she was great. She, Absolutely, yeah. I, whole I loved cast her. was great, and this mm-hmm. there's not really anyone whose name that you're familiar with, too. And that's also what was so good is that you really got invested because these these actors did such a good job mm-hmm. that you really believed it. Like sometimes when you have a star vehicle, like with Schwarzenegger and Predator, it's like first of all you know what to expect because mm-hmm. you know Schwarzenegger is not going to die. Right. You know, you know, there's like rules to an, a big star action movie. But like when you don't have that those kind of like names in a movie, anything's game. She could have died. She could have, yeah. She... You know, so you really were like on like your seat with like, well, what's going to happen? You know, like that's why the moment it began, I was like, oh, great. I don't want to watch these people die because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I know that's what's going to happen. And it's like, damn it. And the dog, too. So, uh, yeah, just really, really solid new uh put into the Predator franchise. And I think your read of it being a Disney movie is actually highly accurate. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so that was that's a good read. So yeah, when- Oh, I just want to just say, so Eddie was fighting me on watching this one, right? He waited to the very last minute to finally come around to seeing it. And by the time, Ed, he's just like, oh, uh, this was good. And I don't, it, part of it is the marketing. The marketing mm-hmm. for this film, like when I, I would see like clips of it on Hulu and it just made it seem like it was going to be like a, like a knockoff Predator. Oh, it seemed a little low budget to be quite honest on some of the marketing. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to see this. And yeah. you come out and it's just like, oh, this was a fantastic film. This just, this is, what are you doing, Disney? Like this one could have brought in lots of uh, I, I box office revenue. Or yeah. at the very least, it would have brought in. Let's say it didn't it didn't do well in the box office. It would have been enough buzz though for people to definitely check it out on Hulu. But I don't know. I guess if people are seeing it, uh, they're winning anyway. I don't know. I guess I, I guess what I'm just trying to say is like this is one of the few movies I would have wanted to see in the theaters. Yeah, no, 100. percent And it's definitely like I think it made so far. It's on my list of my favorite films of the year so far. This actually um, might be as well for me. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that it was just. An utter surprise and 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 definitely worth checking out. Like honestly, worth checking out. Um, mm-hmm. We've watched a bunch of things this year that I'm like skip. <laughs> um, we have, but actually, I think we've actually been seeing more things that we've been like, okay, this is this, this is, is definitely good. a better year than like say last year or the year before. Uh, 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 yeah, for sure. So. I mean, I think it's all going to go downhill pretty soon because we got yeah. Pinocchio coming on up. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw just for the trailer, it's just like, oh, we're literally just like just CGIing. I know, right? Film. They're calling it live action, live action. <laughs> like, my ass. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like the only thing that's real is Tom Hanks, right? He's Geppetto. Yes, and I'm oh, sure man. like the people who pay the other human characters, but um, what so, other human characters? Uh, well, well, uh, well, 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 we'll, we'll go into that. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Like. Um, okay, so we usually ask, "Was this needed?" But we were really trying to rephrase this so let's did this did predator need to be revived and did we need this added to the franchise so my answer before watching this movie was going to be like a hard no like i don't think we need another predator franchise but prey shows you how you could revive the predator franchise or at least it revived the predator franchise in the fact that like oh i'm excited now to see what we could do right because i think prey does a great job of changing what our expectations for a Predator film is, right? We were expecting, like, hyper-masculine, like, people shooting guns and, like, Special explosions. Ops, screen right? grays, yeah. And here we saw a very subdued film with great action sequences, and it's just like, oh, you're right, we could throw the Predator anytime, period, and it could be 
it'll be wild. That's why I'm saying it's just like feudal Japan. Um, let's take him to let's take the predator to like the Bridgerton era. The Crusades, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What if What if Predator crash landed on Jane Austen's property or something? Yeah, that would be fun. Right. Yeah. So I think <laughs> sky's the limit now with with uh, with the franchise, and uh, I think naming it Prey was. What do you think? Like it's the opposite of Predator, right? Yes. Because uh, which again goes to that whole th- idea that like, this is the opposite of the original Predator. Yeah, no, I think it was a clever name instead of it being like the first Predator or whatever. Right. Like completely remove yourself from all those other movies that all have Predator in the name. Predator, Predator Two, The Predator, Predators. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like Jesus, stop it, guys. But so, it's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think because it's true. Like we're focusing. We haven't. We're never getting the point of view of the predator. We're always getting the point of view of the the, hunt, prey. the prey. Yeah, yep. so mm-hmm. it's like yep. yeah, clearly name it that. Yeah. We know what a predator is at this point, so it's just like nah, nah. Let's focus on her. No, one hundred percent. And I agree with you. Like I to answer the question, I would say yes, and I would even answer the question: Was this needed? I do think so because I think they rescued the franchise, which was mm-hmm. getting a, a little bit tiresome, and it it's almost like a clue to other franchises for us to realize: Oh wow, like we actually can expand our horizons Mm -hmm. and take us to like new and different ways. And it's also nice to see this story presented in an action movie format, which we hadn't seen with these kind of characters and heroes before. Um, And like a nice dose of like just all in out action kind of like ridiculousness with historical accuracy. Like that was just such a great addition of the French Voyagers. Yeah. So I definitely, yeah, I mean, this is kind of like a perfect movie too for where we are in society right now in 2022. And I think this is kind of like up everyone's alley. And I feel like they've been marketing it to people who are kind of like, don't want to see like a predator movie and indigenous. So they're like, but it's really action. You guys, you got to see this movie and like, fuck those people because right. like we shouldn't downplay those, this, the aspects of this film that are the best aspects of it, you know? Oh yeah. Um, no, I mean, without a doubt setting here so yeah if you're like questioning absolutely if you're like questioning whether or not this movie is going to be good just because it's about indigenous people fuck you okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) or it's just like hollywood trying to be pc fuck off dude like give it a fucking it's a good solid action movie and like you don't need people shooting guns white guys shooting guns for it to be a good action movie you don't and you get it here still there are white uh, white guys who shoot guns (laughs) Oh, so this is true. This is true. <laughs> it's just uh, not painted pleasantly, you know. But have you seen the movie? Uh, do you have any thoughts about it? Or do you completely disagree with us? Or did we hit the nail on the head? You should let us know by reaching out to us. Uh, you can email us remakes, reboots, revivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at remakes, reboots, revivals. That is our handle. Our handle on Twitter is at remakes podcast. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube by just typing in and searching for Remakes, Reboots, Revivals. If you enjoy this podcast or if you don't, whatever, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. You can also rate us on Google Podcasts or Spotify. Any rating just will help us tremendously. Uh, right. And if you can on Apple Podcasts, a little review and let us know your thoughts there would be great. And then lastly, we still have that voicemail service uh, that we're trying to collect some voicemails up for an episode. So if you want to play your voice, let it be heard. Call in this number. 
862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. And stay tuned for this month because we will be having our fourth anniversary episode coming up in just a couple of weeks. And wow. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one. We're not gonna do anything special for it, but you should still tune in. <laughs> <laughs> we might do something special. We'll see. We'll see. If we'll we talk about time, it. We'll we'll see. We're very busy people, so Yeah. <laughs> But all right. Well, I guess you're off to Disney World. I'm off to New Orleans. Yep. So until next time, stay stay unoriginal. unoriginal.